I am going to tell you a story that a powerful state doesn't want you to know about tens of thousands who have disappeared. Once they get into the hands of the military, they will be tortured brutally. It's a story so dangerous to tell that for some, it's meant ending up on a kill list. She was seen as a dangerous political actor and a threat to Pakistan's security, but she was a local hero. The Kill List, a six-part investigative podcast, available now. Get early access to episodes at cbc.ca slash listen, or by subscribing to the CBC True Crime Premium channel on Apple Podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, I'm Matt Galloway, and this is The Current Podcast. Last week, the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that human embryos are legally considered to be children. Alabama Supreme Court Chief Justice Tom Parker cited Christian scripture in his ruling. In an interview uploaded the same day as that ruling, the Chief Justice called for a Christian theocracy in the United States. God created government. And the fact that we have let it go into the possession of others is heartbreaking. This ruling from the Alabama Supreme Court means that some Alabama in vitro fertilization clinics have shut down, at least for now. Critics say this is an attack on reproductive rights and bodily autonomy. Even some Republican Party stalwarts are worried about the impact on IVF treatment, including the party's presidential frontrunner, Donald Trump. I strongly support the availability of IVF for couples who are trying to have a precious little beautiful baby. Ashley Meyer Dunham has been trying to sort through this chaos. She is a lawyer in Alabama, specializes in cases involving assisted reproductive technology. She's also a mother whose daughter was conceived through IVF. Ashley, good morning. Good morning. What went through your mind when you heard this ruling? I have to say that the very first thing that went through my mind was heartbreak for the couples that lost their chance at having a child. I thought it was just absolutely terrible that this happened. But when I started reading the opinion, it became very, very concerning for me, for not only my clients, but also for myself personally. Um, And then when the IVF clinic started shutting down, things became very chaotic. Mm. I want to talk about that chaos. But legally, I mean, as a lawyer, let's walk through a little bit of, of what happened here. As you understand it, what was the rationale in the ruling for considering embryos to have the same legal status as children? So essentially, they used a law that is very, very, very old, and they interpreted it to say that embryos were entitled to personhood, um, basically making them the same as a living, breathing person who has actually been born, carried to term, born, and um, as the person who is carrying that child. So the moment that life was created, so the you know life at conception has now become the norm in Alabama. And as of Friday, at least 14 other states now have legislature trying to have the legislatures trying to put in this exact same thing in their states. This came out of one specific story where there were embryos that were taken from a tank in an IVF clinic and they were dropped on the floor. And the court had said that the parents to be, I suppose, could sue that clinic because wrongful death laws would also apply to unborn children. And that includes embryos. Is that right? That's right. So at any point in time that after those embryos are created, if anything happens, whether it's something, you know, once they're transferred or something happens in the clinic, they're considered persons. So 
the moment from the moment of conception. This doesn't just it doesn't just impact IVF families. It impacts everyone. That's the, the whole idea of, of personhood that life begins. Children are, are, exactly. are have rights at at the moment of conception. Right, and that has been an ongoing uh, agenda for at least some people in the United States. And that is now. I mean, there are numerous um, congressmen who are backing the life at conception. The, the life conception rule to go across the entire U.S. So it's not just an Alabama problem. It is a United States problem. You're in Alabama, though. I mean, can, can you understand, as somebody who is from that state, lives in that state, can you understand the impetus for this and where this is coming from? Personally, um, I, you know, I, I went through IVF and I prayed for my, for my embryos, but I didn't pray for an embryo. I prayed for a child. So while I... I I understand that once you find out that you're pregnant or once that a pregnancy occurs, it, that that's what you wanted, but that's not what you really wanted. That's not the end goal. The baby is the end goal. So I think that it's rooted in absolute, oh, misunderstanding of the entire scientific process that creates a child and what these people are going through. Um, I never wanted an embryo. I wanted a baby. And my daughter wasn't here. I didn't have that baby until I held her in my arms. Mm. So to to regulate that before she could even be implanted is ludicrous. What are the legal complications that a ruling like this has created? I mentioned that there are some some IVF, IVF clinics that have temporarily at the very least shut down. But as again, from a lawyer's perspective, legally what's going on in the wake of this ruling? So from a lawyer's perspective, while the attorney general has come out and said, we will not prosecute clinics for um, for doing IVF and creating embryos, you have to think about the implications for the IVF clinics. So if something happens during a transfer and say the embryo does not transfer all the way into the uterus and it comes back down and they have to do another transfer, a transfer or if there is at any point in time that they can they can say that the reason an, an embryo arrests, which is when the embryo stops developing, mm-hmm. at any point in time they could say that, they could blame the doctors for this. And they could be, those doctors ton, could be sued for wrongful death. They could be sued for wrongful death, exactly. Uh, and so that's that's a huge issue. It put, it put a lot of pressure on these doctors. So of course they're going to shut down. And not only that, if we start shipping them out of state, you know, at this point in time, it's considered they're considered a child. Is that child trafficking? We have to worry about those things as well. And then in addition to that, even if we don't want to consider IVF families, we have to consider people who get pregnant. If you have a high-risk pregnancy, from the moment of conception, your body can now be regulated by the government. And you could be prosecuted for a miscarriage. Or at least, at the very least, be investigated by the police for it. And so given all of that, what are you hearing from your clients about what this might mean for them? I'm hearing a lot of clients say that they're terrified to continue their journey with surrogates in Alabama. And we have a ton of surrogates in Alabama. I have clients who can't have their embryos shipped to Alabama because the main cl- the main embryo shipping companies will not ship to Alabama because the embryos are not safe here. I have clients who were supposed to start IVF to create embryos and they don't want to create embryos in the state. So... I have clients who are in other countries. I have clients in Canada. I have clients in China. I have clients in France, in um, Germany, who don't want to do anything in Alabama because of this. Because what if their surrogate, the embryo doesn't take and their clinic is held liable? Or what if the embryo does take and the surrogate miscarries? 
So I have tons of clients who are, are very concerned about that. And I also have friends who are still going through IVF who can't, they don't have access to their embryos and they can't finish their treatment. I have people who've lost thousands of dollars and who's held liable for that? Mm. These can people you, who had a chance at a baby. <laughs> can you understand why those clinics have, have pumped the brakes on this? I mean, and the, the fears that they have that they could suddenly end up in, in the legal crosshairs. Absolutely. Those clinics have every reason to be concerned, even though the attorney general says, I will not prosecute. What about the next attorney general? Or what about a DA who decides that they want to make a name for themselves? Chief Justice Tom Parker, he made sure that he got his name in the news and he made sure he got his agenda going forward before he just, before he was no longer allowed to be a Supreme Court justice anymore. So where's you know the baby Tom justice who comes up, who comes along, who wants to make a name for himself? That's what we have to worry about at this point. And there, we've given them just the ammo to do it. There's a bill that's been proposed in the state legislature that would attempt to address some of the things that you've laid out. And, and I guess one of the things it would do is stop the ruling from applying to un, unimplanted embryos. Is, is that, if that were to pass, would that be enough to offer protection to not just your clients, but the people that you've been talking about who worry about what this is actually going to mean? Temporarily, it may until it is challenged. So the problem is, is that the, the the opinion goes to the Alabama Constitution. So that is a huge issue. We can't fix it with this Band-Aid. While it is a great start, the person, whoever will has, who wants to use the ammo that the Supreme Court has provided, they can now use that to overturn any rule or any law or any bill in Alabama. They can overturn it later on unless we amend our Constitution, which can only be done in November. And even then, there's a complicated process before that happens. What needs to happen is that the, the, the congressmen and women need to support the Access to Family Building Act, which uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth is trying to push forward because that would make it a, na a nationwide protection for IVF and other art services. What do you make of the fact that... that even Republicans have taken an issue with this ruling. Mike Pence, former vice president, evangelical, anti-abortion, he himself and his family used IVF to start a family. He supports the, the treatments. He has said that, that those who use uh, fertility treatments need to be protected by law. The, what they've said are, are very chosen words. Mm -hmm. A lot of these same people have also voted for the Life Begins at Conception act that they tried to get passed. They're, they're the ones who are pushing to make sure that um, embryos have personhood, who have said that life begins at conception to regulate from the moment of conception. So while they're saying this right now, it's because of the public backla out, well, backlash. It's because of the outrage that has happened. This is not, the, the their responses are are political at best. When you start looking at their voting histories, just make sure you check that before you say, okay, I actually agree with these people now. Everyone who's looking at voting coming up, they need to look at what the voting history was. Did they vote for life at conception? Did they say previously that they wanted to regulate these things? And if you even look at our, you know, at Donald Trump's words, he himself used very, very specific words in what he had to say. Mm. So, while he's saying, I, I support IVF and I support building families, he's not saying it for everyone. He's limiting it. And that's where we have to worry is if we get some IVF protection, is it going to only be for married couples? Is it only going to be for for a man and a woman who are married? Those are things we also have to be concerned about. Just in the last couple of minutes that we have, what do you think this is really about? 
I think, honestly, it's about controlling women's reproductive rights. I think they, you know, came for Dobbs and they said in their Dobbs decision, you know, we're coming for, basically, they said, we're coming for conception or for contraception. This is a ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade, Dobbs. Yes, the Dobbs, the one that overturned Roe v. Wade, which gave women the right to choose. And at this point in time, they're coming for for contraception and they're coming for regulating women's bodies. So that is a huge issue. Are we going to be able to at this point in time, make any choices in our marriages or in our bedroom or any any other place. So this is a, pr- a huge problem. And I think that we do have to worry about the implications of this across the U.S. What happens now? You have an election coming up in November. We vote, we speak and we vote. Um, tomorrow, the, you know, the women of of the state are going down to Montgomery to have a chat with our legislatures, you have know, to chat. tell them, hey, <laughs> Yes, a very serious chat and tell them like we will not stand for this, but this is not enough. And I don't think people realize that we've got to do it on a national level. But more than anything, we've got to amend. Well, we've got to amend Alabama's constitution and it needs to be fixed because it's it's horrendous. But on a national level, we need to protect people's access to building their families. This is a complicated story. It's also personal for you. Um, and I really do appreciate you walking us through the details of it, but also how it impacts you and how it will impact others. Ashley, thank you very much. Thank you. Ashley Meyer Dunham is a lawyer who specializes in assisted reproductive technology. We reached her in Birmingham, Alabama. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.